All the way from bloody South Devon. Hello and welcome to Camera Central Podcast. Today I have... David Clapp. David Clapp, talking about some photography, hopefully. <laughs> Might talk a bit about some guitar as well. Cause, yeah, uh, I've actually, um, I, over the last couple of days, I've written a, a really trippy song on my um, on, on one of my uh, lovely guitars I own. Yeah. Um, and I've also written some hip-hop. <laughs> oh, yeah, you've also written some hip-hop. So are you just like a creative in every way shape and form then because you must you do such a lot of like things and your photography kind of like leans towards that as well because when we when i first met you of course link will be here for the video it was for the canon training right and like the photos that you were showing off were like there wasn't a genre there wasn't well there was genres within what you do but like you literally don't narrow yourself into a field it's like everything right it always has been. I think that's one of the things that started right at the beginning because of the fact that I, wa I was trying to sustain a living out of it. And the thing was is that I was very lucky in where I started all this because of the, 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 geog the geography, the area where I was, uh, was seascapes, uh, was landscapes, and I got bored of it. And then I wanted to shoot architecture. Yeah. And then I, then I realised that um, these sort of things come to me they completely envelop me, and then they pass. Yeah. And then I, I pull something else towards me. So it, it was that that I suppose was the was the reason is that I sent I tend to get really obsessed about things, uh, or a specific subject or a specific idea, and I'll hold on to that for maybe like two weeks, and then it will then it will go, and then I'll be <laughs> and I'll be like rebooting and thinking about where to go next. I guess. Yeah. But, so I guess it it's it's been a combination of that, but it's also I guess it's because I I really love equipment. I really love lenses. I really love camera bodies. Yeah. I've got cameras from rate starting from. I've got uh, the oldest one I've got is nineteen thirty. Oh God, really? <laughs> and the newest one I've got actually. Okay, well we could say the newest one I've got is my R three, which I bought this year earlier yeah. this year. But I've actually got another camera since then, which was a nineteen eighty one. Mamiya 645000S, which I bought last weekend. <laughs> and the reason why I bought it was because um, I lost it, as in I, I fell out with a mate of mine and he's now got it. And yeah. uh, I, was in, I was in a store up in North Wales at the weekend. <laughs> we won't mention them, of course. Um, and uh, we were, I was rifling through the boxes and I suddenly found this boxed 1000S. And I went, what earth is this? And they said, oh, it's had one owner that's never even used it. I opened it up mint. I mean, really? absolutely mint condition camera. I remember when I found a mint condition Canon A1. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've ever have you experienced Canon A1s. I have. Uh, so the, they famously have this cough that's like really kind of like almost sad. It's like, ah, <laughs> uh, whenever you take a shot. And um, this one was box mint and it didn't have this cough. And it's like rare to find one of those and wow. um but it's nice to find that isn't it just yeah. like the mint like old film cameras nothing nicer than well it's a bit like you you know the, the first thing you do after after looking at it is you want to smell it yeah yeah you want to smell it just to see if it still smells new when i was um uh when i first moved to my uh to newton abbott where i live in south yeah. south devon um, one of the things I did was I had to change my car and I bought a, a Morris Minor. Yeah. And it's got a real Morris Minor feel about it. It's like sort of slightly fake leatherette <laughs> with lovely shiny bits yeah, of, yeah. Uh, and, and sort of like chrome trim around it. It's just lovely. And, and, it, and the, the thing about mine was, is I think it was hammered yeah. as a, um, 
as a camera uh, for wedding photographers, or th- which is a yeah. very popular thing for those those cameras to 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 become. Yeah. And um, when you wind the uh, the winder, it's like yeah. Swiss watch precision. It's it's delightful to use. I mean, I I thoroughly look forward to using yeah. it. And I'll be thinking about um, I'm off to India in uh, yeah. in about. 18 days time i would love to go to india like it's like one of those places to go on like a photography trip and do stuff yeah it's a, it's a it's going to be a real blind a blinder of a trip because i'm going down to an area i've never been to before which is southern india yeah i've been to central india northern india and northeastern india but i've never been to the south so yeah. i'm really keen on that and people often there's a question i get asked which is where is your favorite place in the world yeah and i have to say india and my cousin actually summed it up beautifully because it is a it is polarized in that sense yeah. He said, "When everything's going great, India. Within, um, if you're in India, there is no better place to be in the world than India. Yeah. And if everything's going wrong, there is no worse place it's to like, be well, than India. So many people are in there. Like, no. Oh my days! I genuinely, that's that's on the bucket list. New York is also also on the bucket yeah. list uh, for architecture and just." Um, just being around that kind of community of yeah, just like street photography, yeah. you know, architectural photography, abstract architectural photography. This uh, it's a it's a wonderful place. Yeah, to be. yeah, fair enough. I just got completely sidetracked. It was just like a a good conversation that little bit. Um, <laughs> no, it was good. Um, so what? So you 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 did say there that you shoot with a Canon R three. Uh, what made you choose that particular camera? Was it the uh, guys at Canon being like, you need to switch to an 8 so I probably will take that part out. Okay, this is this is kind of part of the story, but um, I don't I don't upgrade cameras yeah. unless I feel that I'm seriously missing out, yeah. or that there is a huge part that I need to I need to move myself into. So historically, if you go back to when I first began, okay, I had that camera yeah. on the back, the Canon T90 that you yeah. got on the wall. That was the first camera I had about 2000. Uh, bought a film scanner, struggled for a long time with it. Yeah. 2005, uh, Christmas of, um, after realizing I was spending, what, I don't know, 800 pound a year on film and processing and everything, yeah. I bought myself a 5D Mark I and that camera just changed everything. And then I had that for, um, well, about six years, but I, I had it from um, from 2006 to 2008 as my yeah. main camera. But the problem was it was the early days and people wanted megapixels. So 12 wasn't enough. And there was this flagship um, 1DS Mark III, yeah. 21 megapixels. You could drop it in the sea and pull out quickly pull out quickly (laughs) but it would probably be okay yeah um and i bought this camera and it changed everything again yeah and then i didn't buy any other cameras despite um incremental little upgrades up until 2013 when i bought the 6d mark one because it had wi-fi and it had gps okay and that really changed everything again because (laughs) for me the biggest problem was uh, working for agencies stuff like um you know, captioning and keywording. Yeah. I would never remember where I was standing if I was in some street in Spain. Yeah, yeah. And to suddenly be able to go, oh, I was there, oh, excellent, and then simply zoom in and look around yeah, and yeah. I would be able to add data. Okay. So that became everything. Uh, Wi-Fi, being able to remote control the camera from 30 feet away, yeah. absolute genius. Uh, then I only bought the, the 5D Mark IV in 2017 because the 6D was not as weather sealed and I was going out to places like Norway, Iceland, Finland yeah. and the biggest problem was to do with 
uh, resilience in very cold temperatures. Yeah. And so around about that time, I tandemed up. I bought a 1DX, um, but it didn't. It just sat in the hotel room doing nothing, <laughs> lounging around, yeah. smoking cigars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was out taking photographs with the uh, 6D mainly. But then when the winter months came, I'd just use the 1DX. Yeah. So I just sold it. It was just, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't sensible. The, the problem with the 6D was it used to just go wrong and freeze and the shutter would freeze or the, oh, no. or the mirror would freeze. Yeah, but this is like after a long time of using it, <laughs> I'm guessing. Um, no, well, not really. It's just, <laughs> you know, a, lot, a lot of the adventures that we did in Norway and Finland in all those those years was, yeah. um, was you know, the, the van was probably minus 10 inside while he was oh, driving God. around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the camera would just like cock up and the batteries would go wrong. Yeah. And things. Anyway, uh, after having a 1DX for a couple of years, I missed it. Yeah. And I missed the whole handling of it. Yeah, you know, yeah. the fact that it's got that 90 degree, just turn it yeah. and everything's the same. And I loved it. It was a brilliant machine. But the um, the thing that made me do that instead of what everybody else does, which is go and buy an R5, yeah. was because everybody else buys an R5. <laughs> you didn't want to buy it because everyone was doing because it. Because I don't want to do it. Because I've, I've spent loads of my life um, looking around at what everybody else is doing yeah, and then yeah. not doing that. Yeah. And to me... I, 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 on that note, I, I think that's actually done you a, a service because... Um, when when I met you at the training, like what I first noticed is how your images are just completely different from what I've seen from other everyone else. You know, they're in the same sort of like, you know, you're doing architecture, you're doing landscaping and stuff like that. But what by not following a trend, you've you've really focused on the art form in and in and of itself, and I think that's important. To be fair, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, the I'm not. I'm not like sitting in a dark room with the curtains drawn, like trying to think of ways to shock the world with my images. No. I'm not that sort of person. No, no. I'm just a guy who's used cameras as a vehicle to adventure and as a key to be able to unlock a door to travel and yeah. do things. And and I'm I've never like been in a position where you you look at my work and think, you know, like I've never seen anything like that. You've seen everything I've done before. Yeah. But what you will be able to find inside, hopefully be able to find, I'd say, in my work is that it's recognisable as me. Yeah. And it's my style. Yeah. And I've spent ages pursuing and making mistakes and pursuing further without distraction. And this yeah. is the biggest problem in today's modern world, which yeah. I'll definitely come on to I, in I a think bit. So. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think on that note, there's actually something interesting to talk about because, like... Um, and this isn't to badmouth Instagram photography at all, but like you know, I've seen videos where like there's a shot and you see it, and then there's another shot that somebody's emulated and just like done a little bit differently, and it just ends up being all these same sort of compositions. And you know, like one of the one of the photos that I submitted, and that I think that was probably a little bit along that kind of bit too Instagrammy, where it's like a very similar kind of composition to what I'm used to seeing and stuff like that, and maybe that's. Um, it's it's something I think people get too far into where they focus on trying to emulate themselves and not be themselves in that photo. Well, let's look at it. I mean, th the biggest problem that we have in, in our modern world today is that we can find the answer from these things, from laptops or phones, and we can instantly have an answer. Mm. But what tends to happen is, is that if you put somebody on their own and allow them to develop with little input, they will develop in a specific th in a specific way. Yeah. They may not be happy 
or as happy as they would be by making derivative work, but at the same time, because uh, there's instant gratification, should we say, out of that. Yeah. But at the same time, if you allow someone to go on a much longer journey, on, on a long haul journey, mm. so in other words, they go out and fail and go out and fail, but then come back with some knowledge and go, ah, right, okay, I need to do this. In other words, the heart is telling them what they need to do. Yeah. And then go out again and it's still not right they still feel like it's still not there then let's just say metaphorically speaking the following time they go out yeah it'll all come together and they'll be blessed by something that will happen that will be really incredible yeah. and then they'll walk away with a with a prize that was hard to, to achieve yeah. should we say and i think that's with it with a lot of um creatives and photographers is like um especially with your work is you know this is lessons that you've learned again and again over years to the point where you've perfected it um and not maybe not be as conscious as that because it's not like oh i'm studying this down to the ground because you pretty much do everything like you said you do a little bit of guitaring a little bit of this but these are lessons that you built over failures, over successes, and all of that over years. And, you know, and, and it's admirable in that retrospect, I think. I am a creative person, and I don't care how I'm creative. It's yeah. as though when I'm at home, um, la not yesterday, but the day before, I spent probably nine hours playing guitar when yeah. I should have been doing other things. But I spent nine hours, because what happened was... The night before, yeah. I got a spark of enthusiasm that came to me for a certain set of chords. Yeah. The following day, I made the, fa the fatal mistake of walking into the front room and picking up my Gretsch electric guitar, yeah. playing it through my lovely Fender amp, and before I knew it, it was two o'clock in the afternoon, and outpoured a whole set of chords and combinations that got me thinking all day. Yeah. And I was downstairs later on, um, making a sandwich and all I'm doing is my mind is just drifting in and out of these chord sequences yeah. now okay this is a camera podcast but what I'm saying is is that when you have these moments of very fluid creativity mm. what happens is is that you will you, everything around you becomes unimportant yeah. and you will flow through everything so if I go to, if I go shopping or if I'm, you know, just doing day-to-day -day stuff, like I've been gardening a lot this week as well. Yeah, yeah. My garden's a nightmare. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm there floating through the creative process as yeah. if the more I do this, the higher that I'll soar at higher altitudes. And day-to-day -day stuff becomes less um, direct. In yeah. other words, I don't collide with things like, oh, I've got to go shopping. Oh, I've got to, you know, and all the sort of like... I've got to keep going over hurdles. I, I'm flying around up here. Yeah. It's as though I can just observe it while I I know I have to do it. And I, it's yeah. not like I, I don't do any washing up or yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't go to the supermarket. Sounds like you're saying that. Your but, missus is watching this now being like, yeah, right. do you know what? That dude. That, yeah. that explains a lot. That explains a lot. But what we're saying is, is that the, the more that you can stay at this higher altitude in the creative realm, and I have to say this, uninterrupted, yeah. and I don't mean uninter uninterrupted by all of a sudden you have to go and do a load of stuff, but just uninterrupted in a, in a relative sense. Yeah. And then what happens is, is your ideas become so much better thought out. Yeah. Your creative process becomes so much more 
uh, in tune with your emotions. That's really interesting. And, and you don't end up in this situation where you just feel as though that, you know, right, I've got all this stuff done, I've got to go out with my camera and I have to go out and be creative somehow. Yeah. That's, that's like, that's forcing it. What yeah. you want to do is you want to be, you want to, you want to change your life and your thought patterns and many other things so that your brain is just literally floating around in this creative altitude yeah and if you can do that and if you can stay there and it's not easy to stay there believe yeah. me because things do collide with you that you have no choice yeah. in the matter of of trying to to um you know to work around or work through um the fact is is that your ideas will be so much faster and cleaner and then when you see something a visual thing or an audio thing in, in that case to this yeah. week what will happen is is that you'll be able to react so much quicker and you'll have so much of a stronger emotional uh, concept yeah. with what it is that you're doing that then comes out in the way that people look at your stuff. It doesn't mean that I'm on the camera all the time. It doesn't yeah. mean I'm out shooting all the time because I'm not like sitting there like a mad pianist doing masses of scales, feeling if I don't do these scales, yeah. I'm going to lose it. It's not that. What it is is that you're creating this sanctuary in your head where everything's safe and everything's cool and you can just think about things and you're not interrupted and yeah. you can get these ideas and port them through and write them down, write yeah. down ideas. I'm always making audio notes and sticking notes on my, my iPhone and yeah. things, just things so I don't lose stuff because these ideas come a lot. It's like, you know, radio head. I'm just this radar spinning and I pick yeah. up all these ideas and You've got to write them down because if you don't, they yeah. will go and they'll pass and your ideas will change as something else comes into your life. Yeah. And you know what I mean? It's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, what would be the word, you know, processing or yeah, yeah. that's going on with all this. That's so got nothing to do with cameras at all. Yeah. It's about the creative process. So it's, it's more about your personal creative process than it is about, yeah. And, and I agree because you did say, you know, this isn't a, a camera podcast. I very much view it as kind of like a study on creativity in general because everyone has their journey when it comes to creativity. Yes, it does have a focus on the camera aspect of it, but I think, and what I'm finding completely fascinating by what you're talking about is literally the creative process to you is different from somebody else and what you, you you've done is focus more on you being a creative as a whole and how to make that efficient for your life and how to get better essentially yeah i mean this is this is something that people don't explain to you at the very beginning you know you come up with a a load of objectives you know and I, I was the same when i first began you know i mean look at photography magazines in the mid 2000s they were all rock in the foreground yeah. you know <laughs> i always laugh about that because i was i'm into rock as well yeah, yeah but you know rock in the foreground so it would just be as soon as you realize that you have a wide angle lens and you can stick it at 16 mil and whack it at f22 and just put it on a low height tripod and just move it around you can not only move it around on the shore but you can move it around the world yeah you can just do the same thing all the time yeah. if you want to do that and i liken this to it's a bit like rock and roll. Rock and roll is like three chords done yeah. in the same format and the same style. And yeah. you could say, as a creative um, example, it's not particularly um, complicated. But when you actually look at it for what it is, everyone likes rock and roll. Yeah. It's a formula that works. So yeah. people stick to formulas. But what happens is, and I noticed this by the time I got to like 2006, mm -hmm. after a year with, the, with a 5D Mark I, 
and sticking rocks in the foreground. And I just felt how naive yeah. all this is. Is that it? I'm yeah. just going to do that. Exactly. Well, um, so I went to college and I um, I was doing my level for photography. Uh, I only got through the AS level. Um, and the reason for that is they were making me study other people's work. And that's that's what the, that's what it is when it comes to A level. That's what you do. You study other people's work in order to get better yourself. But why I didn't like it is because yes, we can study other people's work all you like, but when it becomes true for you, are you then focusing too much on other people's work rather than that part of you which is trying to be creative? Which is what you're talking about with rock and stuff like that. There, I believe, is like you know the creative process. Um, and to be good at the creative process and to be able to work on your feet and create things that are unique and different to you, it's better to work with what you've got here than you what you've got through you know what you're seeing via like Instagram. I mean, there's a reason why you know with certain social posts they do amazing and stuff like that is because maybe you're the first person to actually come up with this idea, but then you're going to end up having thousands of people copy you and stuff like that. So. For for me, and I think um, if you do to, for you to certain extent, it's about being honest to yourself to be able to create. Well, I think it's about being honest to your position in in the sort of journey, the climbing yeah. journey of any artistic pursuit. Yeah. And when you first begin and you're an amateur, no one turns around to you and says, "Okay, to use a music analogy, here's three chords. Yeah. Now go home and." I'll see you next week for your second lesson. Yeah. Write me a song. Yeah. You'd just be absolutely freaked out yeah. by the idea of actually writing a song. Yeah. What they want to do is go, look, put your hands here, here and here. Smoke on the water. Yeah. Go home, rock out, come back next week. And they're like, I can do it. You know what I mean? So it's an achievement. So if you take it a bit in a musical sense, uh, in a, sorry, in a photography sense, then there's nothing wrong with getting your camera and doing a rock in the foreground shot. Yeah. Because you're experiencing not only the um you know the the, the um, artistic but you're also allowing yourself the chance to take away the stress of coming up with something original yeah. and concentrating on using the camera technically which yeah. is another really important well, part yeah that that is that is important by saying i didn't like the education i did i did like it don't get me wrong um but i liked knowing how to shoot and then yeah. applying that and yeah so then the so then the second thing is is that so that's like that's like being an amateur so then there's nothing wrong with like looking through magazines and going, wow, look, that was shot near me. I want to yeah, go and do that. Yeah. Or I like that one. Or I want to go and travel there. I'll go, to, I'll go on my first trip and we'll go to Scotland and I'll go to the Isle of Skye and go yeah. and bag all the honeypot cliches. Yeah. Great, nothing wrong with that. So the second thing is, is that after you've done this for a while, let's say you're an intermediate, yeah. you'll now start to get to the point where you're still bagging rocks in the foreground yeah. and trees that are notable that you've seen on social media or various other places or magazines. And then what you're doing then is you're getting bored of that. And then the other part of you is going, but I'm, I'm worth more than this. I can yeah. do more than this. Yeah. So you start looking and you start searching for stuff. Mm. And that's when it starts to get fun because there's part of you that feels very edgy about doing this. Yeah. And there's another part of you that loves to return to the safety of the rock in the foreground yeah. or the, or the Elgol rock like yeah. Joe Cornish or something, you know, you're going to do that sort of thing. But what then happens is, is that as you become more and more intermediate and you feel more confident in that way, the next thing is, 
is that you're then becoming a more advanced amateur where yeah. you don't want input. So yeah. your iPhone full of pictures that inspire you or your highlight showreel of pictures yeah. that you're using before you go to the Isle of Skye to enjoy your photography trip um, and to inspire you onwards is now no longer necessary. You know where those places are. Mm. So rather than going there and suddenly scrolling through your list of pictures from a beach and going, oh, I'm never going to get that. Oh, it's cloudy. It's dull. Well, there's no light. Oh, yeah. oh, like this. And, you know, and, and they're therefore feeling down about it. You go there going, right, black and white. I'm going to do something. I'm going to find something that's really strong. You throw your arms wide. You're all excited. And you get on with it. Yeah. Not you're sitting there feeling down, comparing yourself against pictures. Yeah. Sitting in the car going, I can't even be bothered to get yeah. out. I feel so depressed. I mean, that's a big part of it is that, you know, there's always going to be someone better. And it doesn't matter about that. But like, you know, comparing yourself to somebody else is not necessarily ever going to do your creativity good, yourself good, and where you want to be with this field in the future so Going then you out, so then you got the seeking discomfort yeah sorry so so then we got the advanced amateur mm. or then you've got the professional should we say where yeah. you're going and you're so self-motivated that you have absolutely no requirement for input you okay you'll do your research like anybody you wouldn't go off to somewhere and not know where you were going yeah. but rather than have a phone or a computer full of pictures that you want to go and bag you're not going to do that. You don't yeah. feel like doing that because you know if you do that, then what's going to happen is you're just going to come back with a load of derivative work that yeah. other people have seen. And okay, I still create derivative work. You know, I'm yeah. not going to go somewhere and walk away yeah. from something that has a value. And that's something we else haven't even discussed about, which is like the the purpose behind it, the genres, yeah. or the you know the, the the are you doing this to sell work? Are you doing this to be creative? Is it a personal statement? Are you doing this as um, something that's literally used for training yeah. or whatever else. It, it, there, there's many purposes as to why you go and do it. So the biggest thing is, is that don't fear being an amateur. Mm. Don't fear being an advanced amateur, yeah. you know, but make the progression and push yourself always forwards, yeah. thinking about where am I going to go? How am I going to do this? What am I going to do? And some people find the creative process very complicated they find it very difficult other people have a better flow of it but if you think about computers computers allow us to be able to then enhance what it is that we photograph yeah. and you can get a different sort of boost in your ability from knowing that you're very good with computers oh, yeah. you've got a lot to learn with the art yeah but you could be the other way around. You're very good with art, but you're just not very good with computers. Yeah. Or you could be really good at selling yourself and being online yeah. and not very good at either of the other two. Yeah. So there's room for everybody in this yeah. when it comes to the actual arena of yeah, photography or art photography. or whatever. Yeah, 100%. Because uh, there, is, there, is, there is definitely the market of like people who aren't necessarily great at photography um, and they can just sell themselves. And there are people that are great at photography, but they can't do it. Because like, there are a bunch of people when you... you I had a bunch of friends I know that have taken photos and was like, you've got just talent. You've got a creative eye there. Why don't you try something? And it's just something that they don't necessarily want to do because yeah. it's like, you know. But there's also there's also the um, the fact that this pursuit is quite solitary. Yeah, It's not like you're in a band where yeah. you've got like five other people and you're, you're, you're working as a team for an objective. Most of it's relatively solitary. And because it's solitary... And because of the very nature of the fact that we've emotionally invested in a specific thing, 
we want very badly to communicate that and to feel accepted for our concepts. Yeah. And the thing is, is that when you don't get that back, if you don't get that back, especially at the beginning, you feel as though, well, I don't even know what I'm doing. What, yeah. Where am I headed? And the thing is, is that I'm at the stage, I'm right at the other end of it now in the sense that I don't even care if I have any input or if I do have input, I only get input from a few people who I know who know me mm. and that, you know, who trust me or I trust their judgment um, in what I'm, what I'm doing. So this comes to my uh, decision that I made probably about four years ago and I just removed myself from all social media related stuff. And it wasn't because... Um, you know, I had a massive hang-up or anything. It was it was more to do with the fact that I found that by allowing myself the space and the time to evolve, in other words, naturally, without this whole, oh, I've been to Dartmoor twice now and I've got nothing, and, yeah. oh, well, what am I going to do? I've got to put a post out with my followers. Oh, my God. Like, let's not have any of that, right? Yeah. Let's just go there and fail five times, and yeah. then let's get the fifth time, and then feel as though there's the triumph, as I explained in my analogy yeah. earlier. It's, yeah. it's about uh, realizing and approaching this with a massive maturity, not to have this, um, you know, I've got to post, I've got to pin a picture on the corkboard that everyone yeah. sees, otherwise they'll think I don't exist. And the thing is, is that that, that comes from, uh, you know, the, the our modern anxieties that we have. Yeah. But it also comes from the fact being that we're um, relatively solo on this yeah. pursuit and there's no feeling of like communication unless we do that in the fastest quickest way to get that dopamine back yeah. it's not constructive no not, not, not long term not no, for the not 100%. for the long haul yeah 100 yeah. percent. this is fascinating <laughs> like, genuinely, like, genuinely, it's, it's 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 really interesting because you know in terms of like where i'm at in my creative field you know i'm still quite young on the grand scheme of things but um you know it's it's interesting talking to someone that has been through all of this and you know and is continuing to do so and uh what I, what I like about doing the podcast and what i find with everybody that i end up talking to is that i always end up learning something new and something i can be fascinated by maybe apply it to <clears throat> not necessarily to copy or anything but you know um, to engage a new way of thinking when it comes to the creative process, and you've definitely done that to me today. Well, like uh, it's all it's all fascinating, like, um, and it's really interesting hearing your perspective of it. Um, yeah, I'm 53. Yeah, I've been doing this since I was in my early 30s. Yeah, but before that, I've been doing this playing guitar when, since I was 17. Yeah. So if we say like, if we look at it all as how long have I been trying to be creative or to make things in that sense? Yeah. It's been a long time. Well, it's a part. It's a part of you from like when you're born, when you start playing with bricks, you know, when you start drawing, you know, when you know it, the creative process. I mean, you can ask somebody. Um, for example, you can have somebody that's been doing it eight, ten years. Yeah. You got somebody that's been doing it for three years, and their photos are arguably better than the person that's been doing it a long time, right? But it's 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 not about how long they've been doing it; it's been how long they've been embracing their creativity. You know, if they have been embracing their creativity through other means, like you know, they're drawing or they're crocheting or you know they building other th ways of building up their brain and their idea towards creativity you're going to end up finding 
people that are actually more experienced than the person that's been doing it 10 years but they've been doing it hey 30 40 40 years you know or however long they've been alive for yeah yeah i think i think i think the what what tends to happen as you move through this process as you go further and further into it is that you tend to train yourself to worry less yeah and that the um why am i doing this what am i doing it for becomes less um you know less problematic yeah and and, and don't get me wrong i still have my fears you know yeah. it's not as though i'm just wandering around and you know like i said in a roll neck like you know in a white <laughs> mac filled office just throwing yeah. shapes or something yeah. you know it's not that it's more that i've i have the space in my life now to really fully dedicate myself to doing things and also the maturity to be able to look at what it is i'm producing and not just immediately feel the fear yeah. if you get the fear when you're supposed to be trying to extend your ideas to a much greater height the problem is is the fear will make you get off get out of the lift at floor two yeah. instead of taking you to the top of the tower block in that sense and trying to elevate your creative process that way you'll get out earlier because you'll be like oh i can't risk it i can't risk traveling further yeah. up if i'm not going to get anything for it yeah. you know or, and, and it's a bit like okay another analogy like climbing a mountain you know you're climbing up this mountain and you you know you're okay you could choose a small mountain to start with and you can yeah. try a larger one and then the the more you get into this the longer the the, well, the, the higher it goes yeah. the, the longer it seems to take and then halfway up you're sort of looking around going wow i'm really this high up mm. and then you turn around and look up and you go oh, i've got so much further to go and it never changes no. it's still always the same process yeah. of you're climbing and building yeah. and learning and 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 sometimes it's just better good to be in that moment at that time you've got a distance to go that's always going to be the case that's a bad mindset to go and if you focus on the destination you're not going to focus on what's happening i know i know it sounds cheesy but you're not going to focus on the journey getting there yeah and sometimes the journey getting there can be the best part of it it's the uh, it's the symphony before the the symphony the symphony before the encore, the encore the you know the yeah. climax or whatever it's the the bit in between that lulls you into this place um and it's and it's really fascinating you have talked quite a bit about kind of um you know you start doing a particular kind of photography then you do another you know you get bored of that you do another you do, do this what interested you about um infrared photography in particular oh it was it was just the cha the change of everything yeah i mean i got i i was um writing regularly for a online magazine e-photozine yeah and they asked me to donate my camera or a camera second body and get it converted to infrared yeah so i thought i've never really tried this it was like 2009 or something yeah. and i got my 5d mark one converted yeah. to ir i got a 720 conversion as it's called yeah I never took a colour photo again for about another five months. I was utterly fascinated at how this thing translated the world around yeah. me. And then what happened is, is that I started to get image sales out of it. And I'd never really done that before. Okay. And then also, because as I've said about many genres and things, one of my genres is writing for magazines and photography yeah. magazines and things like that. Uh, and um, I realised that I suddenly had this very unusual take on the world. Yeah. But rather than just you know go and photograph some lone tree on dartmoor i was like hang on a minute what about all these other zones that i do like uh architecture what yeah. does architecture look like in infrared yeah. and suddenly it was like 
wow, I can shoot things that are recognisable that people have seen before, like the Eiffel Tower, and now do it in infrared, and now go down this crazy rabbit hole of channel swapping and turning these things into colour images and all these other weird things. So, so I can create something that is familiar, yeah, but not, is unique. Yeah. And I suddenly kept thinking, well, this is where I need to be headed. Because if I want to retain identity without, like I said before, you know, trying to think of ways to shock the world with pictures, which is really, really complex. You know, I, I could do it this other way, which is to do familiar things yeah. um, and to make them accessible. And suddenly it, th this camera would just translate whatever I was looking at into this bizarre piece of art. Sometimes it would work. Yeah, well, sometimes, sometimes it wouldn't. It but, wouldn't. Um, and, that, and, you know, that goes back to being to having some failures. You know, it's always good to have these, these things that don't work and to focus on kind of like, not not necessarily focus on failures, learn by them and adapt because you're going to have plenty of failures when it comes to photographs, but like you're going to end up having that shot that's just like, yes, that's perfect. But what it also did was it made me realise that I was constantly moving ahead of myself. If you went to my website, and this is one of the things I like about going to my website, is that if you if you go to my latest work, you haven't got a clue what's coming. You have not no got. A, I got really a, don't, and I love it. Like just looking through your like latest work, I'm just like, this is great. And like every every photo, like I'm like that's amazing this guy's creative eye is just like incredible but like i really don't know what's going to happen next like um you did uh, a black light lizard was no scorpion yeah. like you did a black light scorpion i was just like you know that's a really cool photo well if, if people don't know what you're talking about so what it was was i um i had a i ran a workshop last year um in namibia and one of the guys who came with me had a he had a black light which is basically a uv torch yeah, yeah. and he said um Oh, it's just interesting to find things in the desert at night. And he said also because of going in the tent, you don't want to find yeah. you've got something in the tent with yeah. you. And I suddenly went, wow, we can use this. So we were wandering around the desert at night like trying to find stuff. And we found these little tiny scorpions. And I started like, I took one photo of it uh, right at the very end of the trip. Yeah. And I was like, got home straight away on Amazon, bought myself a, a, a black light. And then this time when I went out again, I went wandering around in the same desert areas looking for stuff wasn't actually that successful and then found a lovely scorpion right at the very end again um and photographed it with a macro lens it stayed still for about five seconds while i shot my rf 100 mil <laughs> um and, and and actually the funny thing was as well as i worked out that it's actually it's better when the when you side light it so i was there with a torch like going over the top of it like this yeah. trying to work out the lighting angles while looking at the back screen and so in other words it's like a sunrise a uv sunrise <laughs> <laughs> but but the um but but going back to my point i said earlier is that i like you know okay we were sort of uh talking about social media earlier again as well I, what i would rather anybody who sees this to do is like firstly you won't find me on any social media but what what i would like people to do is just go to my website for five minutes every month yeah. Just go and have a look at what I what I've been doing yeah. for the last month for five minutes. That's yeah. a bit like sitting there with a coffee table book and opening it up and just going through the first fifteen yeah. pages, hitting the button, hitting the button on random and just seeing what comes up. Yeah. yeah. And if you feel compelled, go and have a look at some of the other um, zones I've I've worked on or styles or things yeah. and have a look at that. And just to back that up, I haven't had as much fun at, like looking at like well you know I've been in contact with a lot of photographers but looking through his website and actually seeing 
the 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 range of photography on there is is amazing and oh, it's you. all like perfectly composed it's like um you know it's like what you would imagine a, do you like star wars i do <laughs> you do it's it's like jedi master kind of like level of like photography um and it and it's fascinating like That's every right, time guy. it's just different yeah well i think that the 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 thing is is that i'm i'm very technical in the yeah. sense that I beat myself up about composition. To me, it's composition, composition, composition. It's the primary yeah. thing. And the important side of it is that it's the energy that sits inside the picture. If you've got that slightly wrong or it's slightly out or you're not perfectly yeah. in the middle and you're trying to do a symmetrical shot or yeah. the, the, the things that are going together in the picture have not been considered. Mm. Right, if I, if I play a piece of music to my mum and the vocals are too loud or the hi-hat's too loud, she'll listen to it and go, it's okay. If, let's say it's a very good piece of music. Yeah. If I mix it properly and then play it too yeah. loud, oh, this is marvellous, yeah. shall we say. Yeah. So the fact is, is that whether you understand anything about music or whether you understand anything about photography or not, yeah. what you can feel yeah. is a, a well-composed concept. Yeah. And if you can do that, if you can make sure that everything that you create has that energy sitting in the middle yeah. in other words you're looking through the viewfinder going this is wrong i need to go forward i need to go down i need to zoom in i need to tighten tighten i need to look at my edges i need to look at the, the all these things uh, is the light right no well then i've got to do that and come back when it is or similar and what will happen is is that when you present that to somebody whether they understand art photography music anything or not yeah. they will in, they will feel this draw they'll engage with it yeah if you cock any of that up in any way, then what will happen is, is someone will start to ask themselves questions. Yeah. And the other thing that's really important, especially with that, with that idea is this, is that the mind spends two seconds yeah. looking at the picture or listening or whatever, or should we say looking yeah. at the photograph in yeah. this case. And then the next thing it does is it goes on a rampage of, have I been tricked? It looks for problems. It goes, yeah. so like, wow, what's this? Hang on, hang on a minute. And then you start to look around. Yeah. And then if you can't find anything wrong with it, or there's nothing wrong at all, then what happens is, is that you end up with this um, satisfaction of uh, that, that what you've actually seen is fine. Yeah. And then you start to enjoy without restriction. Yeah. As you surrender into the picture, yeah. and you start to look around, well, I didn't notice that bit, or I didn't notice that or that. And what I've done is, is I've beaten myself up to such a degree when I'm composing the picture for the right timing or the right composition or um, you know, making sure everything is as perfect as I can get it yeah. so that you effortlessly fall in. Yeah. That's the idea. Oh, and if yeah. you can do that, then it all falls into place underneath. Perfect. <laughs> it's, it's been fascinating. Absolutely fa I'm gonna absolutely love editing this together. It's probably gonna be approaching an hour at this point, but that's, oh, that's good. <laughs> Uh, no, that's good. I mean, it keeps me entertained. Um, any advice that you would give somebody looking to get into doing photography? I yeah, feel like we've covered a lot in this already, but... Well, we've looked at the more esoteric side, haven't we? I suppose yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right, okay. Uh, camera equipment. You don't need a lot uh, to do a lot. Yeah. And the fact is, is that I started out with all sorts of weird equipment. And the reason is, is because I couldn't afford any better equipment yeah. at the time. Uh, I had uh, a, a 5D Mark I and then the 1DS3, yeah. but I used um, an adapted set of lenses. 
I was using a Contax 35 to 70 as my yeah. main lens. That was yeah. my, and you'd be thinking, that's not wide enough. That's not long enough. Okay, I had a 7200, yeah. um, and then I had um, a 1740, and then I replaced it with a Nikon 1424. Yeah. So it was mainly a Nikon 1424, 3570, 7200. And that combination of all of those was just magic. Yeah. Now, you could buy any of those on today's market for not that much. No. The, the reason for the adapted lenses was at the time, the others were too expensive. The L series lenses were yeah. too expensive. But the other thing was as well was that I just liked the look of them. They yeah. were different. So what we're saying is, is that you can get away with using any piece of kit. It yeah. doesn't really matter. And yeah. to, in today's modern world as well, the quality of those bodies, the noise control that you get from those sensors and any modern cameras that yeah. we have now are fantastic. So here I am with an R3 right at the very end of it, and I bought that for video. Yeah. But at the other end of the, let's say, for example, the IR camera, yeah. I have a Canon EOS RP. Yeah. And that RP is delightful to use. It's just fast and quick and very easy. Yeah. But um, with the R3, with its endless menus yeah. um, and lots of con uh, complicated stuff, you know, complicated concepts, so to speak, yeah. The for me, the whole point in that was video, and I'm learning video now as I'm going and moving yeah. through this. But the camera itself, when set correctly, and I set all my custom functions and things like that, means yeah. I can pick up the camera and I could be shooting static, I be, could be shooting static indoors, and I could be shooting action. Yeah. Just flip between three custom settings and I can do any of those yeah. things. So in other words, setting your camera up so as soon as you spot something, as soon as your spontaneity mm -hmm. locks onto things, you can then grab the camera, do a very small thing, and bang, you're there. Yeah. That's been a huge, very important a time saver for me. Yeah. Rather than, oh, hang on, I'm on two-second timer, and I've got yeah. all this other, I'm on the 3,500K and all these other yeah. things. You know, you can just immediately override all that. So learn to be spontaneous yeah. as much as you can. Understand the lenses that you're using in other words test your lenses people don't even do this so i buy a lens yeah. and i'll stick it on the tripod and i'll go all through the apertures when i've done that i will go all through the same apertures at, at varying focal lengths assuming it's a zoom yeah and i will learn the strengths and weaknesses of that lens okay. and then what i'll do is is i'll do exactly the same for every piece of kit so i'll work out all this stuff in advance so that whenever I'm on site I know exactly what I yeah. what I need and train your mind to as you're walking up to a picture you go right I'm going to take my bag off I need my let's say 24105 I'm going to use um, a wider aperture I want an out of focus depth of field that will probably mean I'll need ISO 400 and it will then mean that my shutter speed will be probably if I look at the light now a 400th of a second yeah. or something Let's just imagine that, that yeah. those results. So then you're unzipping your bag. From the minute that zip goes and the bag is flipped up, you're then on a mission to assemble to that point. Yeah. And then as you're going up, okay, it's a 200th of a second. Okay, it's ISO 200. Okay, whatever. You know, you're going to tweak on the way. But you're not just standing there with the bag zipped open, looking at a load of gear going, mm, what am I going to use? By the time you've done that, bang, it's gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you have to train yourself to always think forward ahead of yourself. Yeah. It's a bit like, again, we say playing the guitar. If you sit there just dreaming away while you're playing, you'll make yeah. mistakes. If you're thinking, here comes a C change, here comes a G change, here comes this, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna, and you're always ahead of yourself. You're listening to what's happening, but you're thinking ahead of yourself all the time, you make less mistakes. 
And then from that, what will happen is, is you will get greater successes and you'll become even more excited about what you're doing. Yeah. That's a good tip. That's a good tip. <laughs> Fascinating, man. Genuinely, it's been lovely having you on today. Um, look forward to perhaps doing some stuff with you in the future. Yeah, let's do it. Um, really awesome. Thank you, man, for coming down. You're welcome. Uh, Thank you for having really me. Really pleasure talking to you. I, was, I, I I'm gonna be processing a lot, but like it's it's good it's good like oh excellent I know I knew you would be good to have on <laughs> thank you very much yeah. I really appreciate it no worries yeah cool the main the main thing is is that um I I just spend a lot I spent a lot of time like going through this stuff you know what I mean and 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 the thing is as well is that when I have these opportunities.